Good afternoon. This is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. Today is Monday, March the 1st, and my mission is to serve the people of Cumberland North, to build unity, to build trust, to influence legislation and public policy for the greater good, to educate and to build capacity, promoting our people and our area, building a world-class healthcare system and improving our population health. That is my purpose. That is what I strive to achieve each and every day of the week. Last week in politics was a busy and productive week. I worked on many issues of concern to the residents of Cumberland North, including, but not limited to, the Nova Scotia, New Brunswick border changes affecting children in shared custody, the Nova Scotia, New Brunswick border rules and complaints of people who believe they have been harassed at the Nova Scotia border, signing of documents as a notary public, attending a meeting on climate change and looking at international efforts, addressing the vaccination schedule and lack of vaccine supply, lack of ambulance and timely 911 service, lack of family physicians, lack of psychiatrists. We currently have a one to two year wait for people to see a psychiatrist in this area. And also worked on improving access to education for licensed practical nurses here in our, in our province. Last week, I also worked with municipal partners and two that I worked with very closely were Kathy Redman, the two of us met with board member Harvey Gullen at the Wallace Museum on Friday to discuss the large amount of work that the Wallace Museum has done. Thankfully, it did, uh, after three years of trying, we were able to get a large amount of funding from the provincial government for the Wallace Museum and the local projects. They have used the funds for many projects, including clearing the land along their waterfront, putting in a rock wall to prevent erosion, placing picnic tables, a gazebo in the park area, and beside the museum, putting drainage in for gardens and walkways. The maintenance shed was retooled and they did even more work. So I'm very proud of the dedication of the volunteer board for the directors of the Wallace Museum and we'll look forward to continuing to work with them and support their work. Last week, I also worked with local, council, local municipal councillor, Jennifer Hotailing. Jennifer and I both share a passion for the Pugwash area, and we want to see several projects come to fruition. We both know that it takes all four levels of government working together in the same direction if we're going to make progress. We organized a meeting for all elected officials, and we met together for three to four hours, some of us stayed, on Friday evening. Friday evening, we met with the elected officials from the Village Commission, also, Mayor Murray Scott joined us, as well as the Member of Parliament for Cumberland Colchester. This meeting was facilitated by Mr. Ron Furlong, who has a long history of leadership and facilitation management. Together, we discussed and shared next step for many items, including sidewalks for Pugwash, library and multipurpose center, yacht club, marina, Pugwash estuary work, Pugwash Point Lighthouse, new Pugwash Hospital, potential economic development on Durham and Water Street, as well as Water Street Beach access and related issues. 
And also we discussed the stage in Pugwash as well as potential community entertainment programming. I look forward to more meetings with Jennifer and with all other local officials. I believe completely that we must create a culture of collaboration if we are to move our projects and move our communities forward in a positive manner. Last week, I also joined others in our community celebrating the commitment of our emergency room nurses and in fact, all healthcare workers here in Cumberland. As Dr. Yannicka Gradstein, one of our family physicians and site lead for Cumberland Regional Healthcare Center, ran a full, a full marathon in support of them. Her theme, was every shift is a marathon. And Yannicka, after she ran a full marathon, delivered a speech in the front of our Cumberland Regional Healthcare Center about how difficult it is working in the crowded, small emergency department at Cumberland Regional. Our ER nurses have been under extraordinary pressures and they need our support. We thank you, Dr. Gradstein, and for all those that supported her. Together with the Cumberland Healthcare Foundation, there was also a large amount of money raised as well to support their great work. Now, this week in politics, I, along with my MLA colleagues in the PC party, are preparing for the legislature, which is scheduled to resume on March the 9th. I am looking forward to being back in the legislature where we belong. It has been a full year and I know those of you that listen regularly have heard me say out of frustration that we are the only province in the entire country of Canada that has not met, that has not met uh, in a democratic way to govern this province of Nova Scotia. It has single-handedly been a dictatorship and while many people support the leadership of Premier McNeil, there is no doubt that we live in a democracy and the voices of the people of Nova Scotia deserve to be heard through their elected officials. There's 51 of us, not one, and all 51 elected MLAs should be able to share the concerns of the people that they represent. So I look forward along with my colleagues to being able to do this once again as of March the 9th. I'll also be meeting today with the Canadian Federation of Students also meeting with Municipal Councillor Lisa Emery. This week, I also have other meetings, including one with In the Works, a social enterprise, and working with some mothers who are determined to provide services in our community for those recovering from addictions and mental illness and helping them to reintegrate back into the workforce. Also meeting to further discuss improving access to education for LPNs with Department of Health as well as my MLA colleagues, Brian Comer and Colton LeBlanc, attending a Canadian parliamentary session on how the Commonwealth countries can better empower persons with disabilities. Also doing some committee work for Equal Voice, our national board, and will continue to advocate for the people of Cumberland North for healthcare, border pandemic related concerns, roads, schools, and more. A pandemic update as of today. As of Monday morning here in Nova Scotia, we had 38 active cases of COVID-19 with three new cases being reported yesterday. There was one new case that was reported yesterday 
in the Cumberland-Colchester area, if you go onto the Nova Scotia coronavirus website, there is a, a link that you can go to to look at more specific drill-down data. So if you go on to that link, which you can find uh, by Googling novascotia.ca and go to data, the, there is a Cumberland community network that you can see on the Nova Scotia map if you click on it. However, the Cumberland Community Network includes part of Colchester County. So I can't tell you exactly where this case is located in the Cumberland-Colchester area, but I can tell you that there was a new case identified yesterday in the Cumberland and northern part of Colchester area. It was documented that this person uh, contracted COVID-19 related to travel outside of Atlantic Canada, and they are reported to be self-isolating. Nova Scotia has two persons in hospital and two persons currently in ICU. Nova Scotia also made an announcement on Friday that there are restrictions for the Halifax and area moving in and out of that area of the province due to some increase in COVID-19 detection. Now, one of the frustrations that I and my staff, as well as many Nova Scotians have, is that the government make significant changes on Friday afternoons, usually around 3 o'clock or 3.30. And for many families, it, it changes plans that they've had put in place. It uh, th kind of throws things into chaos, including many families who an announcement, who after an announcement was made on Friday, found out that if they have shared custody of children, uh, both in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, that there are now very restrictive rules for children who cross the Nova Scotia-New Brunswick border for COVID testing. So if you need to find out those new, new rules, which include a pretty strict requirement for COVID-19 testing for children on a very regular, frequent basis, please contact my office and my staff will be pleased to share that information with you. My inbox of emails as well as Facebook was full after the weekend of parents who are very angry uh, with these new COVID testing rules. When we look at our neighboring province in New Brunswick, the numbers have come down incredibly. Uh, we have very low number of cases um, here in our area, and many people feel that their children are not being um, treated fairly here again, once again, in our border community. I have reached out to Dr. Strang and the government and asked for what the, was the reasons, what is the science, what is the evidence behind these new strict uh, testing rules for children here in our border community and asked for someone who could address the concerns of the parents here in this local area. And once I have that information, I will be making it available on my MLA Facebook page. Today in New Brunswick, as of Monday morning, New Brunswick also has the exact same number of active cases as Nova Scotia. New Brunswick has 38 active cases of COVID-19 and no new cases were reported yesterday. It's great, it's a great job in New Brunswick. There's one patient in hospital in New Brunswick and one in ICU. Perhaps it's time for our provinces of Nova Scotia and New Brunswick to consider the request that the neighboring MLA, Megan Mitten and I, made several months ago, and that was to allow movement between Cumberland and southern Westmoreland counties 
the people that live in these areas with such low COVID numbers for families to be able to take care of one another without these strict, strict um, movement rules. And there's no question that those living in a border community have been, uh, have suffered um, through these restrictive rules much, much worse than people in other areas of the province. You know, I'll say it again. I have families that live uh, close to the Nova Scotia-New Brunswick border that have either children or adult elderly parents that live literally sometimes two minutes. I have one family, they literally live two minutes on the other side of the border, and they are not allowed to go and help their elderly parents to make sure that they have food, to make sure that they're taking their medication properly. They're not allowed to provide that supportive care. I have hundreds of other families in the same situation but yet if they have family that live, you know, in Halifax, well, not Halifax right now, but in Cape Breton or Yarmouth, literally five, six hours away, but in the other direction in Nova Scotia, they are allowed to go and spend time with them. So we need to be looking at, uh, we need to get the government's attention here in Nova Scotia and and our neighboring province of New Brunswick to help um, address the concerns of of you, for you and your families right here in our border community. So I will keep up the fight. I will keep up the battle on all of your behalf. I would like to send birthday greetings today who anyone is celebrating a birthday or anniversary this week, including my amazing, amazing, I call her, she, she's a saint, uh, my sister-in-law, Janice Fullerton-Smith. Happy birthday, Janice. As well as Peggy Maxwell from Shinema Cass. Happy birthday, Peggy. Tuesday, tomorrow, we have Abdul Latif celebrating a birthday, and I'll never forget when Abdul and his family made their way from Syria to right here in Amherst several years ago through the support of our Rotary Club and many community organizations and churches that helped us. On Wednesday, the most special person in my life is celebrating a birthday, my husband, Marie McCrossan. Please join me in, in wishing him a happy birthday on Wednesday. Thursday, Frank Holland is celebrating a birthday, and on Friday, Irene Chevery, and on Saturday, Lauren Letcher. Anyone else who's celebrating, I'm sending birthday greetings your way. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one recently, including the families and friends of Mr. Harold Atkinson Lusby. He was truly a community leader and will be missed dearly. Also, very sadly, Larry Henry Allen passed away last week, as well as Dean Ellis Sullivan, Audrey Isabel Cameron, and after much uh, suffering, Joan Shirley Treadwell. And I'm certainly sending my love and sympathies to all those that have, that have lost a loved one, especially the Treadwell family. I would like to thank CFTA and Mr. Ron Bickle, for this opportunity to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. Please reach out to me if you have any questions or concerns. I'd be happy to address them. And as I close off today, I would like to give special mention to Bert and Patty McQuaid for their efforts made in fundraising for the food bank in Pugwash. This is an annual event, and they made sure that even though we're in a pandemic, a fundraiser took place on Johnny Cash's birthday on Friday, February the 26th. Thank you to all those that contributed financially to the cost of baked goods. And thank you to Cheryl Chambers for her leadership and for her staff at Cheryl's Bakery in Pugwash for making Johnny Cash cupcakes. 
Together, they brought in $4,072.65, all profit, to go to the food bank in Pugwash. We have an amazing community, just simply amazing people that make up our community. As I sign off today, remember to take care of yourself and to take care of others. And tune in next week on CFTA 107.9.